Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Resilience of the Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Stevie G. This podcast is primarily geared to provide listeners with tangible concepts that they can relate to, as well as using their personal lives. Each episode is unique as we bring down-to-earth guests with many perspectives and practical advice. It's for anyone that needs that nudge to push through life and align with their passions. We hope that you are able to enjoy each episode just as much as we do. Feel free to follow us on all social media platforms and share this podcast with someone you know, because we all have our successes and failures, but getting through the storm is the most rewarding. So for now, sit back and pour yourself a glass. Resilience on the rocks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Resilience on the Rocks. As always, I'm your host, Stevie G, and with me, my guest today is JP, the veteran coach. Before I introduce him and let him say his part, I got to say I was uh, swiping on TikTok and Instagram, as as I always do, and I came across this guy who was unleashing this content that I got to say, it really, like, caught my eye as a veteran, and I'm sure a a lot of other veterans are seeing this and how powerful his messages are, uh, being able to, one, affect the veteran community, maybe the veterans who are getting ready to transition out. It's a it's a great message he's putting out there. So I'll, I won't steal no more thunder from you. So, JP, welcome to the show, man. Hey, what's going on, Stevie? Appreciate you having me on, man. Happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So, JP, I'll get right into it, brother. So uh, for anybody who doesn't know who you are, right, so give me a little bit about who JP is uh, and how you ended up becoming JP, the veteran coach. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually grew up in Chicago. Well, right outside Chicago, I had a few people message me and tell me that Cicero is not Chicago. So I grew up in Cicero. Lupe, this is for you. Uh, I joined the Marine Corps at 18 because I was on this path where I didn't know what I wanted to do next in life, right? And my dad, trying to do his best, moved us out of the city, suburbs. And I kept getting in trouble. I kept getting in fights. I kept hanging out with the wrong people. I kept just having really no purpose. And now that I am where I'm at in life, I kind of see that a lot of it is tied to community. I didn't belong to anything. I didn't belong to a team. I wasn't in any clubs. I had no sense of purpose, right? So the Marine Corps kind of was the very first thing in my life that gave me a sense of belonging to something or, you know, something larger than me. So joined the Marine Corps at 18, went off to boot camp in August 2008. And, um, you know, right off the bat, I fell into it. I bought into it like that. You know, I, I was completely, um, you know, sold on the program and I did really well in boot camp. I graduated, you know, boot camp and came home for a little bit. And it was basically apologies left and right to my parents about I put them through and kind of just my mentality completely changed. So for me, a lot of uh, what I realized now is that my formative years, when I really kind of became who I am now, all started in the Marine Corps because before that I was kind of just living life as day by day, no plan, no real, you know, goals in life, just kind of going day by day. So went off to the Marines and deployed to Afghanistan in 2010 with the three, one name, the company, second platoon. We went out there, um, you know, in 2010, it was still pretty kinetic. Well, we took, uh, casualties. We took, um, you know, unfortunately some, some loss of life and, um, we came back, and right when I got back, I actually uh, tried out for the sniper platoon, something I always wanted to do. And uh, I did the end up, went into the sniper platoon, the state platoon, the surveillance and target acquisition platoon. Uh, 
was there for roughly about two years, went off to sniper school, came back, went off and did a Mew. So we did the old oh, Mew, if I'm, if I'm correct, and uh, had a blast, you know. Um, the Marine Corps for me was very much a safe place, even though it was probably one of the most traumatic experiences of my life, if that makes any sense. And um, really right. yeah, absolutely. Sense. Yeah, so I, I got out, and um, my plan was to become a, a police officer. And uh, I got out, I came back, and started testing everywhere I could, left and right. And uh, it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be. Um, so I started working in a nonprofit for veterans. I started working um, there to try and kind of help National Guardsmen kind of work with veterans that could kind of provide services to them as far as kind of like a mentorship program. And then thankfully, mm -hmm. you know, God bless these guys, Joe and Danny, two buddies that I met when I got out at a VFW hall. They, they, they saw that there was a need in, in for me where I needed that to be filled as far as like a team leader, a squad leader, someone to kind of look out for me. Because, I mean, I came home and I made the mistake of, of not moving in with my parents. I moved in with my girlfriend design, you know, because we think we know what's best. And, yeah. um, you know, thankfully these guys were there for me and they mentored me. One of them got me a job that nonprofit. The other one actually helped me get enrolled in school when I ended up going to Paul. And honestly, man, that's where my life started to kind of fall into place. But at the same time, very much just go down the path of like correcting things little by little. And then identifying other issues I had and then start to work on those. And then once you go down that one path, sometimes it's the wrong path. And then years later down the line, 10 years down the line, you realize that, you know, this is not the right way to be. And then you start correcting that. So that's that's the longer short of it. Right now, I have a company. I'm an online fitness coach, and I specifically focus on coaching veterans. And the reason that is is because veterans have different needs. Veterans have different issues. And I focus on veterans because I know that it helped me way back when, when I got back into fitness, when I started doing my training and my coaching. And that's where I started. I hired an online coach, and, and I got on my path, and quit smoking, I quit drinking, and we'll get into all that in a little bit, but the company that I have, it's uh, Mission Ready Coaching, and I, I mostly coach veterans, I have a couple non-veterans on there, but they are part of the community, and honestly, like, it's one of the best parts about everything, because we can actually come together, we have a, an online Facebook community, and that is the most important part of the program, so it's not just a fitness program, it's not just nutrition, it's not just accountability, it's all of it wrapped up into one, and honestly, by far, like, the best results that my veterans get is when they actually participate in the community, when they feel like they're part of a tribe again, when they feel like they belong, right? So that's the longest short of it, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it here uh, shortly, but, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So I I, I want to put this the right way. So going back, just like walk me through. So you're in the Marine Corps. And how long are you in at this point when you're getting out? So it was, I went in 2008. I got out in 2013. So, okay. yeah, so five then, years, roughly six sorry, to five and a half years. So as you're getting out, is this a, a premeditated thing? Like, hey, I'm getting out or is nah. this, or did you have plans of staying in? Man, so like, it, you know, when you when you get older, you realize like how little of the thought process you put into a decision that you made way back when. And honestly, like, yes. I was, yeah, I was on, a, I was on my you know, second, I mean, I was on a mute. And uh, my gunny asked if um, if any one of us wanted wanted to volunteer to go back to Afghanistan 
for a year. They were looking for uh, scout snipers for one of the regimental teams. It was a year-long deployment. I raised my hand right away. I was like, yeah, I'm in. Like, I want to go back. Um, you know, I, I was a school-trained sniper. I wanted to be able to use my skills in combat. But at the time, I was dating uh, this girl in Chicago. And another issue that veterans have is that because we're surrounded by mostly men at the time, especially in infantry units, you know, the moment that you find this girl that pays attention to you, all of a sudden, you, you know, you think it's love and, and, you know, you just give it everything you have. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she told me basically that if I went, it'd be over with. And uh, it was a very much a snap decision. And uh, I don't necessarily regret it, but I know that I did not put enough thought into it. So honestly, like, I, I thought I was getting out just because I was moving back home and, and be with her, right? That's wild. It's funny you say that because number one, like in my experience, I've witnessed some really great Marines and put in the same scenario as you is like, uh, well, my girlfriend's going to leave me if I re-up and I can't stay in no more. I got to go back home to, to yeah. Susie, whatever the case would be. Yeah. And then, you know, God forbid, but most of the time it goes down the pipes. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Uh, I mean, but at the, at the same time, just because you get out doesn't mean you can't stop being successful. So as you're doing right now, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's crazy because I think a lot of Marines it's always a snap decision when getting out. Uh, yeah. Some people have that plan, like, oh, I'm going to do 20. And some people, you know, at the very last minute, minute, I remember my first time re-enlisting, it was like, the last minute is like, okay, am I in or am I out? And I stood in. After yeah. I told everyone, I was like, I'm getting out. I can't wait to get out. I'm going to be a cop. I'm going to go to college. And yeah, I was in for 11 years. Yeah. So that changed really fast, snap decision. So that that's wild. Yeah. So tell me more, because now you get out at this point, mm-hmm. and tell me about your transition. Like, it. Was it easy? Was it simple? How? What was it, the struggles you dealt with? So, like with my transition, I I didn't realize that I was transitioning. To be honest, because right off the bat, something that I I did, which is the reason why I so I had a seven year contract. I got out a little bit early, so they had a a separation program where if you had like a a job lined up, you could leave early, right? So the, the verb, because, right? That's, yeah, that's what verb, it was? yep, yeah, a voluntary yeah. early something. Um, so. Yeah, I actually got uh, a job. I interviewed with a company in uh, California for uh, like private executive protection. So like watching cameras, guarding celebrities, and then you know important people, executives, things like that. And I um I went to I went to San Francisco for about three months, and mm-hmm. it did not work out. It was not for me. They um they promise you one thing, and then they they actually give you something else, but. That was the first step of my transition where all right, I tried something and I can actually quit this. I don't have to stay here. This is this is miserable for me. And uh, the, the plan was that she was going to move out there with me. So like we were going to like, you know, be in San Francisco. And, and just like that, again, I made a snap decision again. And I was like, nope, I'm done here. I ended my lease. I still was on order. So I was able to use my horse and get on my lease. And I just, I moved back to Chicago. My dad and my brother actually drove back with me to Chicago because my brother had come to live with me in California. And, uh, you know, oh, we all, we all, yeah, so we all went back together. And uh, when I got back, I I moved in with the girlfriend at the time. And I, I tried to get into college, but I, I found a small little community college. And it was going all right. But I felt very alone. I, I moved in with her right into her place. So I didn't have my own place. Um, I, I made the huge mistake of not finding out who I was, not getting to know myself. And I paid for that later on, dearly. But like I said, I did not get to know who I was. And I was definitely that, that, that fucking veteran that, you know, was still in the mindset of things have to be this way, right? Because if they're not, 
this is an exaggeration, but like, you know, people will die or something really bad will happen or it's disrespectful and therefore it, it cannot exist in the world, right? Because like, this is important, but like in the Marine Corps, like I told you in boot camp, I, I fucking bought into this shit and I, I lived it, I loved it, I breathed it. Towards the end, obviously, we all become that terminal lance. As a, as a corporal, <laughs> but we all become disgruntled, right? And towards the end, I actually was still working. I didn't have that period in the Marine Corps where you're like relaxed too much and you know you, you let loose a little bit and you're skating. At the end of it, I was still working. Um, I helped a lot of the new guys in the platoon, all the new kids in the platoon, actually get trained for sniper school. And um, nice. it was weird to get out, man, because like I know I'm going off topic here a little bit, but. It was weird to oh, get really? out because it was uh, it was literally like I think like it was just a Wednesday, and I went to formation, and uh, formation was over, and, and like that was it. Very unceremoniously, I literally I literally hurt. I was my my feelings were hurt because I didn't get a pink belly, and the guy that left before me got a pink belly. I was like, you guys gonna beat my ass or what? Like, but it didn't happen, and you know, in hindsight. At the end of the day, like it was just another day for them and for me as well. But it was very unceremoniously. I got out, you know, went to do the the job in San Fran for three months. That did not work out. Coming back to Chicago. So when I got back to Chicago, I was going to school. I I tried to find a job, but to be honest, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And at that point I was already doing uh college, so I had the BH. So I, I had that kind of like safety net of like, all right, I have BH coming in. You know, I don't necessarily have to find something, right? But one of the things I, I did uh, on the weekends that, you know, one of my uh, family members had set up was uh, they were selling, like, bed sheets at a, at a mall. And I don't know why I did it. Um, looking back on it, I think it was just to stay busy and make a little extra cash. But, dude, one day I was just at the mall, like, selling bed sheets. And, like, what the hell am I doing with myself? Like, you know, like a year ago I was, you know, shooting rifles and teaching about dope and all these things and then like look at me here and like I, I got really upset with myself and there's a lot of moments like that in my life where like I have a moment of yeah. realization right there and then like what the hell am I doing and I get upset with myself and then that's like your you're at the crossroads like do you spiral do you get depressed do you get you know not down on yourself or do you do something to change it do you actually have systems in place to make sure that you have safety that's around you to catch you to to mentally help you with clarity of understanding all right i'm here right now what do i need to do to change the situation i'm in and there's always a way there's always a solution to the problem but i was there at the mall and then, then I, I i quit that and i was going to school at the same time and just to kind of wrap up this question one of the things that i i know that really also helped me change is the fact that i was in class one day uh i think it was uh philosophy class i don't know i i had trouble with school i i, I did not enjoy it um and there's other reasons for that but i was in class and guys in the middle of the room whatever listening paying attention taking notes even though i didn't really process any of it i was just taking notes and there was a girl in the front <laughs> and this girl in the front was uh she was asleep she was fast asleep snoring almost and um you know the main core kicked in and uh, during break, I went up to her and I told her that she needs to either stand up or wake up. And like, in my mind, I was completely justified. I did the right thing. It was actually in her benefit as well because she wasn't paying attention and she's, you know, she's not getting education. Look, my knife hand. 
And <laughs> I thought I was completely all right. I thought that there was nothing wrong with what I did. I didn't see it that way. I was embarrassed about it. And the professor saw this. And he pulls me aside. And he tells me, he's like, were you in the military? Like, yeah. And, and here I am thinking that he's going to tell me, like, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, whatever. No, man. Like, he he, uh, he told me, like, listen, like you can't do that anymore. Like, you're not in the military. Which you did. Like, people do not take kindly to that. You come off as an asshole. Like, I get why you did it. And I, and I appreciate it in a way. But, like, you have to understand, you're in charge of yourself now. Nobody else. You don't have to worry about anybody else in the room. You can only worry about yourself. And at the end of the day, like, you don't know what she's going through. Maybe, you know, she works two jobs and she has kids at home and she's just trying to, you know, get a degree. And now, oh, she actually left the class. So I I ended up, like, feeling some type of way about it. But at the moment, I didn't, right? So, like, she left the class. And, like, he told me, like, for all you know, like, this might really affect her. Like, this this might be something that is really going to negatively affect her. She's going to remember this and she might not come back to class or X, Y, and Z. Right. So like for me, I had to sit with that for a little bit. I, um, it didn't, it didn't necessarily penetrate as far as like me understanding what he was saying right away. I had to sit with it for a little bit. And I think that's when I started kind of changing my mindset of understanding, like I am in a different place. I am unfamiliar with this place. I've never been in this place. I've never been a part of society. Like for me, like I said, like from, from one day team, man, like those years are a blur. I don't have any friends from then. I wasn't part of any clubs. I was rebel, rebel, you know, rebellious kid. I hung out with people that were doing the wrong things. I, I got by, honestly, I got by and those years did nothing for me, you know, in the Marine Corps, that's where I, I, draw my discipline that's where i draw my you know kind of deliberate way of trying to think and and act and that's where i draw a lot of who i am now while also understanding that the marine corps has given me a lot of trauma so i try and sort through it try and like figure out what's what and make sure i keep what's positive in my life there and i'm working on getting rid of that negative stuff that the marine corps gave me so that's one of the first months where I realized like this place is fucking foreign to me. I don't understand how it works and I have to learn how it works. If I want to like do well in society, that's when I realized like we don't, we don't come back into society after we get out. Like we, we go into society and we better freaking learn how to like thrive in society or else. That's why I, in my personal opinion, that's why I think a lot of veterans have troubles transitioning because they get out and, and they don't make an effort to, adapt because in their mind they have been doing things a certain way and society is fucked up society is broken society doesn't function the same way you know useless lazy civilians is what we say right but then the day like we are a small percentage of the population and the same way that we go off and we come back and, and now we have to learn this new role in life in order to do well in life because we have a lot of baggage we have a lot of issues with trust with with the way we see loyalty because we expect people to be very loyal to us because you know fire teams and if you go to war with people then the loyalty is different but then we also have a lot of baggage and like even even like love like the way we the way we see love the way we see family because family is back home and they're there but we don't want to worry them and we don't necessarily communicate with them as much as we should and now we come back 
and they want to help us and they want to surround us and they want to support us but we have this thing in our mind that it kind of prevents us from from letting them do that because we don't want to be that that veteran that is seen as you know mentally crazy or unstable or you know didn't do well right so we have that thing in us that you know no i can do it i'm tough i'm gonna just suck it up and keep moving on and they don't deal with the issues you know yeah bro that's spot on because you said it right there i think that adjustment piece is the hardest because you said it you know you're not going back to society you're coming into an unknown society as an alien uh going back to it's like the mission of the marine corps you know to win our nation's battles, to make Marines and send uh, better civilians back into society, yeah. which we do. We we bring, yeah, I still got it unlocked. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that we bring these great civilians back to society, however, with that 1% or that less than 1%, and we we find it hard to adjust to it. We're a better version of ourselves before we join. Mm-hmm. I mean, same here, like 19 years old, Steven Gonzalez is completely different now uh, than, than then, and I'm glad of who I am today. But it's it's an adjustment piece where, like you said, whether it be in the workplace, uh, whether it be uh, you know just social events, there's a lot of yeah. uh, factors that are not the same anymore because you're stuck, not stuck, but uh, maybe stuck. Yeah. So, some of the Marine Corps ways, some of those military uh, habits will always be there. Yeah. Uh, like when you were telling the story just now about a hey, hey, get up or get out, like I would do the exact same thing yeah. in that scenario, and I wouldn't feel any type of way. Yeah. Because I wouldn't care about that person's feelings at the time because, like you said, I'm worried about them, you know, doing well in the class. And I think it's a hard thing for people to understand. And I think more, you know, more than just me and you, there's many more veterans who are dealing with this. So let me hit you with some uh, some stats that I just looked up today. Right. Mm-hmm. So on average, there's about 200,000. So 200,000 service members get out every year. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, only 15 percent claim uh, claim that they have some type of uh, mental disorder pertaining to depression, 11 mm-hmm. percent pertaining to anxiety. 20% to PTSD. And then another piece is uh, 30% will struggle financially but. when they get out the military, uh, which is pretty crazy to look at. And then uh, one last stat I'll throw at you is 44% of service members, when they get out, they get that job, and 44% will leave that job within the first year. And then the very last thing is the average veteran, the first year, two to three jobs they will have in that first year. Good. And I see it all the time. So, like, Going to those stats, like I work directly with transitioning military, reservists, veterans every day. Yeah. Uh, and I see it all the time. And they don't know what they want to do because they got to grow up all over again when you get out. Yeah. You grew up in the military yeah. and now you have to figure out what you want to do when you grow up and you get out. And it's not just a 22, 23 year old Marine or service member getting out. There are 40 year old men and women getting out the military and look me in the eye and say, yeah, I got a retirement check coming, but I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that a grown man or woman would say that. And I think with all that being said, is like that ties into the struggles of us getting out the military. Yeah. Uh, what do you think on that? Man, those numbers are, are surprising and alarming. Like I, I now that I um, I have the platform that I have where, where I've been getting a lot of messages on TikTok, um, I get a lot of active duty guys that are getting out and the number one thing that I talk to them about is making sure that, you know, they file their comp and pen, make sure that they try and find some sort of community. I don't want to overwhelm them with information, but I, you know, I, I try and give them the little nuggets of advice to make sure that when they get out, they have some, some idea of where they can start focusing their energy on. Right. Cause like you have to have a reason to get about a bed in the morning. You have to have a reason to like do something with your life. Right. Now, whether if that's finding some sort of, team to be a part of whether you know you, you start applying for police departments if that's what you want to do or fire departments or 
you know, finding something that you have an interest in and just learning more about it, like researching it and trying to, to find a way that they can kind of break that market. And a lot of what I hear from those active duty members that are getting out is that they're scared to get out. And this is a foreign idea for me. And I, I think that this is um, something worth talking about because when I got out, it was 2013 and like social media was there. It wasn't like it is now, you know, the, the, the phones yeah. were not what they are now. And, you know, I was not on like Instagram and Facebook and you now I think I had my space back then. <laughs> but I was not <laughs> on these platforms talking to veterans the same way that these active duty guys now have access to veterans. And I think it plays a part where they actually get information from the world outside of veterans and, and the struggles that veterans go through. They, they see that there's homeless veterans. They see that veterans are committing suicide. They see that veterans are struggling, right? So I've had more than a handful. I've had, I've had a pretty decent amount of, of guys tell me, and, and women too, tell me that they re-enlisted because they are scared to get out because they see the numbers. And if they don't get out and they never become a veteran, even though they will, right? They don't have to deal with it. They don't have to worry about it. So like those numbers are very alarming because not only is there people that are in right now that probably see a lot of stuff on social media and they <clears throat> can avoid it by not getting out, right? And not having to worry about creating the life for them and staying in, even if they don't necessarily want to. Maybe they have a toxic environment where they're at, but they they told me like they'll rather stay in than have to get out and like figure out society because they in their eyes society is is more jacked up than it's ever been right because they see things through one scope they're they're in right but dealing with talking about veterans that are out right now i've also had a lot of veterans that reach out to me and they ask me like i want to file for for comp you know compensation i, I want to go to the va i've never done it before and the thing is like there's a stigma around it but there's a stigma around getting help. There's a stigma around saying the word PTSD because everyone thinks that if you say that word, you know, a freaking ATF is going to show up at your door and take all your firearms, right? So <laughs> yeah, there's a huge stigma around getting help, right? And when you stigmatize one aspect of the entire program, if you will, of the, of the VA, and then the rest of it becomes mm -hmm. stigmatized as well. Why would, I, why would I go there for any type of health care? Why would I go there for even just depression, even, even like back problems. I have a rating and I can tell you right now, I've never gone to the VA to see a doctor for the issues that I have that are tied to my rating because back in deep down inside my mind, I remember that when I tried to go and I tried to set up an appointment, you know, they made it for three months down the line. Every time I called, I got a voicemail and I know it's gotten better. I know that they're working on making it better. And I know that at the end of the day, it's there for us to use, right? So if we have a stigma around it and we don't want to go there and we want to avoid it, we're only hurting ourselves in the long run. Because if, if we don't go there and try and make it better by actually voicing the issues that are there, they're never going to change. So I, I, I've started now to actually go to the VA for the issues that I'm having because, you know, we, we have to start with ourselves, right? And I can't tell another veteran in good conscience, like, listen, go to the VA, it's getting better. X, Y, and Z, if I myself don't believe that. So I'm testing the waters. I'm seeing where and how I can get help and service. And, you know, at the end of the day, I tell veterans, like, 
you have to advocate for yourself. And the VA, you can see it however you want, but at the end of the day, like you deserve this because it's sitting there waiting for you. And everything that we went through in the military affected you in one way or another. And a lot of people, they think of like PTSD and they think of only combat. And I thought of like that for years. I did as, as you know, this hardcore grunt, you know, whatever. That was my mentality for a long time. And I would laugh when I would hear that there was service members that were going to get PTSD ratings. And, you know, all they did was uh, witnessed a mortar strike to their base and they were on the other side of the base, right? But the mind is an objective thing, right? So, like, it perceives things differently than every other mind, right? So, like, I can't speak on what you're going through. I can't speak on what you went through. We may have similar experiences, and as I'm sure we do, but boot camp at the end of the oh, yeah. day was different for me than it was for you. And we can also go into detail about, you know, resiliency and, and all that. But at the end of the day, like everything that happens in the military can be traumatic to anyone. I mean, think about it, man. Like when we get promoted, like where else do they do the pinion? You know, like that would be freaking crazy yeah. <laughs> in the real world. You know, like they would look at you and be like, what the hell just happened? Like, but it's, you know, what, what was that? Yeah, if I got promoted to my job and somebody came and did that, I'd be like, oh, cool. Reminds me of the court. But if a regular civilian got hit in the chest right. with a pen, they'll probably call the police. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'd be in cuffs. Oh, man. Yeah, so it's it's, it's oh, different, man. man. It's different. And um, just to, just to finish on this, but I definitely, I definitely think that we need to, we need to get help because... <sighs> When we try and deal with the problems that we have on our own, when we try and navigate the waters on our own, it's a sinking ship you're in, and it's got a hole in the ship, and you're just going down slowly, and all you're doing is trying to, you know, throw water out little by little with a bucket. And eventually, you're going to get to a point where you can't, you know, float anymore. And now you're all in the ocean all alone, and it becomes even harder. So when you start noticing those signs, of some water in the boat, a little discomfort in the back of your mind of something feeling uneasy with you and you realizing that I may have something going on that I got to talk about. You got to act on it. You got to, you got to, you got to strike while the iron's hot. You got to strike when, when oh, you're yeah. feeling it because dude, like you and I know, like we might be feeling something right now. And then tomorrow when we're driving, when we got the music on, and the sun is shining and we're feeling good because, you know, we had a workout and we ate right and X, Y, and Z. That feeling goes away and then it's easy for us to just forget about it because then we don't feel it right. But, like, when you're in it, when you're in that dark abyss, like, you will be right back to there whenever something else happens again that reminds you of those feelings again, right? So, like, yeah, the moment that you notice that something is off, not wrong because it's 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 normal what we're going through because it was a traumatic experience in the military whether you went to combat or not or experienced different things you have to understand that when you identify it like you got to shine light on it you got to put it in the spotlight and you got to start dealing with it and growth hurts right so like the moment that you shine some light on that problem guess what that light is going to shine light on another a bunch of other problems so the moment that you actually shine light on that problem, 
bunch of other problems are going to surface. And now you have other stuff you got to deal with. And that's the moment that becomes very hard for veterans because they start to get help. And then they see that the work is hard and that they have to like talk about these problems. And that's the decision point for them where they're, I'm going to keep going in this direction. Maybe it, it seems treacherous. Maybe it seems dangerous right now. Maybe it seems like this is going to be very uncomfortable. But if I go down this path and I, and I keep being deliberate in what I'm doing as far as taking action on this, I can come out of the other side. Not healed, but being able to manage, being able to navigate the waters better, and being able to eventually heal in a different way, right? But if they don't go down that path, and they don't decide to take that that route and go through those treacherous waters if they need to. They're going to stay in that dark abyss. They're going to stay in that pit. They're going to stay in there with that monster. They're going to have to live with it. And eventually, as we know, some veterans eventually can't live with it anymore. And that's that's what hurts the most, right? So, like, I've had a lot of friends that have uh, taken their wives. And, um, Same. yeah, it's, it's it's sad, man. It's sad because... Like, I think about them, absolutely. But what hurts the most is, like, you know, they all had kids. They all had, you know, families. And uh, that's the hard part, right? Because this kid did nothing. The children did nothing. And, and now, like, they're growing, they're going to grow up differently. And it's, it's going to be hard. And, and, you know, I pray for them. But, you know, they were at that point where they were in that dark abyss with the monster. And... Maybe they didn't go down that path that they should have gone down to make sure that they actually start navigating the waters better. And they made a decision. And unfortunately, you know, we're trying to, to work on that. And, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to go dark on you there. Nah, you're good. You're, it's rough, man. I, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a touchy subject for a lot of people listening, for you, myself. Uh, because, I mean, I, I'll go, I'll, I'll recap some things, right? So, like... One but one, I agree. A lot of people are not going to open their mouth. They're afraid to acknowledge it. They're afraid to step up and say, hey, I need help because you don't want to seem weak. Uh -huh. I see it every day with veterans I talk with. And then on my side, and I'm sure you do it too, hey, go see the VA. Go to the VA. They'll help you out. And then you automatically get pushed back for them. Like, oh, they're not going to do nothing for me. I don't want to go talk to them. They don't know anything about my experience. They're probably not even a vet. I hear that all the uh -huh. time. Uh, but then going even you know, back in time, as that individual is transitioning, uh, you know, you have like the TAPS and the TRS classes and all these courses set in place, all these systems that the military is making to help you transition. I know they're getting better at it, but you can say it and I can say it. They're not doing the best job with it. It's more of a check in the box. And then you get out the military with all these issues that you probably should have taken care of other than, hey, I need to do, get my DD-214 and I need to make sure all my SIF gears turned in. What about everything else in your life? Yeah. You don't take care of that. And then you get out and then you start going in this quicksand and everything piles up. And like with me, I do the same thing you're doing. As soon as, I, like, for example, I do a lot of uh, job fairs for veterans transitioning, and I, I talk about my piece trying to get them to join with my company. But at the same time, there's a lot of times where I'm like, hey, come over here real quick. Like, have you talked to the VSO? Have you didn't, did your appointments? Like, uh, what's your plan? Sure. Like, let's talk a little bit. Because at the end of the day, uh, I met a, I forgot his name. I met a, a, a retired officer, like, maybe six months before I got out of the military. And he pulled me to the side. He says, when you get out, Okay, cool. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Add me on LinkedIn. And we had like a, an, an hour conversation. He was like, this is everything you need to get done. I'm like, why Why do I need to do this? He's like, do it. And then when you're done and everything works out, you better pay it forward to the next bet. So now as I meet people, I always remember this guy in the back of my head. Like this guy didn't know me from a hole in the wall, but he took care of me because I was a fellow veteran. And now it's like, 
okay, how many of us is out there trying to help these veterans? Like, I just think there has to be more work on the front end. That way, when the back end, you, you don't have so many individuals in the hole and, uh, you know, preventing these suicides because, bro, there's no, we had all these classes, Enough. all these classes. And I mean, how, how many, how many friends have we lost? Yeah. And there was no signs, no signs at all. And, and it hurts because like, shoot, I, Corporal Schwaller, that, I remember him like yesterday, bro. He was one of the corporals. I was a sergeant. He was on the fast team with us. Great Marine leader. I had nothing to, I never had to chew his ass once. He was the man. Yeah. We come back from deployment while I'm boot leave and I get a phone call saying that my man off himself. And it just made no sense. There was no signs. He was a people person. Everyone loved him. He was good. From the outside, you couldn't see anything. There was no trends, uh, no differences in his uh, moods. Yeah. And, and then you just wake up and you're like, oh, he's gone. Yeah. So it's it's hard, man. It's it's We got to get better. Yeah. As, as a whole, we got to get better. Yeah, we do. I will say that Man. What you talked about right now is one of the one of the best things about the the military. I'm I'm biased, right? The Marine Corps, right? So, like in my opinion, like the Marine Corps, it, because the Marine Corps swallows you whole when when you start, and uh, you become freaking indoctrinated in that shit. I mean, yeah. When you get out, you're always going to have a little bit of Marine Corps. I mean, trick my covers right there, right? So, like, oh, yeah. when you get out. Especially for Marines, um, we have trouble like cutting that cord and understanding that like we're not Marines anymore. I know always a Marine, right? But like we're not actively oh, yeah. in anymore, and we have to like understand that. Like every year, I still celebrate the birthday. You know, I I, I love meeting Marines, um, but at the same time, like soldiers, airmen, you know, Navy. I think their transition is different. Not that it's not hard. I'm not saying that, but I think their transition yeah. is different because I think they understand that they're not part of that anymore and now they are somewhere else separated from it. But I think Marines have a harder time with that just because like it became everything, man. Like you, you don't have a name in, in boot camp, right? Like it becomes you, swallows you whole and like you hate it, but you love it because it's all you know. And I will say this, like I do feel like there are beautiful fucking things that the Marine Corps has and military in general, but like, for example, that officer, like, pulling you aside and taking the time to do that, I really truly believe that that is something that is positive in the military. There, There's people there that are willing to do that. There's people there that are going to take on that role of making sure that if they see someone in need, even if that person doesn't even know they need help, right, they're going to try and talk to them, mentor them, counsel them, and I think that that's one of the good things about the military. So as I was saying earlier, like you got to sort through it all and you have to figure out what is serving you and what is hurting you. Right. So like the things that serve you is, is like having that discipline that, you know, if you've been not taking care of yourself and, and you start feeling down about this or X, Y, and Z, like you can get up and get out of bed and it might not be easy, but you can flip a switch. You can find a way to kind of trick yourself to, to getting there eventually with work, right? Same thing with like employment. If you can get in and you can find successful employment, a lot of veterans do really well because they volunteer for everything. You know, something needs to get done. Oh, you know, Joe's going to take care of it because, you know, he's, he's a Marine and, you know, they suffer all the time. So he doesn't mind staying late. And that's its own issue because like we do really well in places like that but then other things suffer right such as family such as our own health such as 
we unfortunately say yes so much, volunteer for so much shit sometimes that we put so much on our plate. And that's when we start to kind of feel that, that, that drowning feeling again, right? Yeah, bro. It's like, yeah. well, what's the saying? Service before self? It's like you always put the wrinkle first and, and or just the military yeah. in your country first, which was cool. But then what about the, the, the toll that your family took, your friends took, you know, immediate family and then your loved ones, your wife, your kids. Like, for example, the biggest thing that I love about being a civilian now is that I get all the time with my kids. I get with well, my kid. Hopefully I have kids in the future, but I have my son. But yeah. I get all the time, with, with, all the time with my wife, all this time that I, I would not be having in the Marine Corps because I'm getting ready for field day or I'm getting ready for deployment. Right. I'm in the field, whatever the case may be. And and yeah. I I do enjoy this. This is the the what do you call it? This is the the, the dessert. I'm enjoying it now. It's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I think that we need to do better. Like for the for the veteran who's about to get out or the service member who's about to get out, it's like. Okay, bro, I'm telling you right now, go to the VA, <laughs> go get your stuff taken care of, go to medical, get your stuff taken care of. But at the same time, yep. go go talk to somebody because getting out is different for everyone, but it, it, it's going to affect you. Like, I think the identity yep. piece is what affects me the most. It's like yeah. what you just said. I was in D.C. last week with my little brother. We're walking through, you know, walking through town. I see an old salty vet, long beard, Marine Corps hat on. I go right up to him at a red light and I go, simplify, devil dog, and I give him a fist Always, bump. always. My brother looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. He was like, you, you don't know that guy. And, and it's funny because we have a conversation while we're walking through D.C. for like six blocks. Don't know this guy from a hole in the wall. Yeah. But we talk like we were friends. And my brother, who's not in the, in the military, wasn't in the military, he didn't understand that. And then going back to the other branches, I got a, my uh, my close friend. He's my son's godfather. He uh, in the Navy, and he tells me all the time. He's like the one thing because you know Navy and Marines are going to talk trash back and forth. Yeah. He said the one thing that that I appreciate about you and, and all the Marines is that when you guys are out and you see another Marine, you will like hug the dude and and start talking to him. But yeah. you, you know what sailors don't do? Sailors won't even shake your hand. Like hey, keep it moving. Like we're, yeah. we're cool, but we're not, we're not that cool. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's crazy because the identity piece it it ties in. Because uh, when you leave, now you're, you're dealing with, you know, the mental part because now you're dealing with anxiety, depression, all these mental issues. But then you're dealing with the physical part because now you're no longer with the boys, with your fire team working out, whether it be a, uh, you put a rucksack on and you're running the boys through the dirt. As yeah. much as it sucked, it was camaraderie and it was family mm -hmm. and no one else could understand that. So then you get out and now you're like, oh, well, I'm not doing those things anymore. So, like, I know talking to you, like, I put my, my rucksack on yeah. at least a couple of times a month because gives me a little feel people look at me like i'm crazy running on the road yeah. sometimes but internally it's like i'm having the time of my life yeah super crazy it's your it then, takes you back because yeah. it's like a physical thing that you have and it takes you back so it's a good feeling yeah man and then finding a team so i mean what kind of advice would you give to a, a veteran who's dealing with it and he's feeling out of place like what would you tell him to help him feel like you know feel belonging the pride of belonging again yeah so a lot of what I have my clients do who are kind of in transition or have been out. Transition doesn't have a timeline, right? So like you could be out for two or three years, you could be out for 10 years. And if you never took the steps to actually transition properly and kind of mm -hmm. acclimate to society, like you still got to take those steps, right? So what I always tell them is that you have to belong to something. You have to find something that you are a part of. And it should be something that you have an interest in. It should be something that can get you somewhere physically. So like actively, whether it's volunteering somewhere, whether it's 
you know, going to school and actually becoming part of a group in the school and finding friends and joining the club. Like, try new things, man. Like, I know that we don't want to try new things in the world because we have this mentality of, like, society is, is messed up. But, like, you may never find new people in the world if you don't go out there and try new things. So, like, join clubs. Like, if you want to do something different with your life, then the best way to kind of find out about it is by just diving into it and actually just becoming a part of it some way or another, you know, show up, talk to somebody there, look for places that are going to help you transition properly by having the right tools. So like what I did is I went to a VFW meeting and I wasn't actively participating, but I think they introduced all the new people. And I, I said, I just got out and God bless these guys, but they knew I just got out. And they could tell that I was fresh out wearing like, I think I was wearing a, a you know, Marpat hat and probably some fucking 511. <laughs> and, um, you know, you they came up and talked to me and, you know, they made fun of me at first, but then, you know, oh, you guys are Marines, you know, cool shit, infantry, cool. Like, and one of them had been out longer than the other. And then what was nice about that is that the one that had been out last time it was his turn to pay it forward, right? So, like, he was able to mentor me. He was able to become my friend. And, and dude, these, these are my two best friends now, right? So, like, we still keep in touch. We, we're going to we're gonna actually wow. see Jocko uh, next month. He's in he's in town. What? Yeah. That's awesome. He's doing a tour. Check okay. him out. See if, he's, uh, see if he's in your town. But anyway, and they, they, they took me under their wing, and they didn't overburden me. They didn't give me a list of all these things that I had to do, but they kept in touch. They, they you know, we hung out. We did whatever we could do to kind of get to know each other. And slowly but surely, like they were able to make sure that I went to the VA. I, I got a job that was in something that I was interested in as far as helping veterans and also like staying active and and then um, got me uh, to enroll in school, right? So like, in my opinion, the one thing that goes away like that when you get out is that sense of like belonging because it goes away like literally overnight right you're home and then like you don't really relate to anybody there so like you have to find somewhere where you don't necessarily have to belong right away because it takes time to do that but you have to find some place you have to join a club you have to find a group of veterans that maybe have been out longer than you you know join join something start volunteering go to school like look for employment in in, in a space where there's like-minded people and they don't have to be like you but maybe some of the same values are there where you eventually start to learn from them and you eventually start to, to understand that like you can belong in different places in life. You don't have to just stay stuck to the military. Like you're more than just a veteran, right? So like that's what I think most veterans should definitely try and do when they get out is find somewhere where they can kind of eventually belong, find a tribe, a community that can support them. And they can give back to the community as much by participating and being active and, 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 you know, sharing. But that community can also take care of you in different ways by talking to you and pointing you in the right direction of maybe a veteran that's been out telling you, like, listen, like, I did this and this was the result and this is why I think you should try that. Or they're going to tell you, like, you know, no, it's all right to, to feel how you're feeling. Like, I get it, you know? And we um we don't do a really good job of that right now. We we get out and um a lot of veterans in my mind they think they have to figure stuff out on their own because in the Marine Corps in the military like you don't really go up to a, your team leader or your platoon sergeant and say hey uh I'm all jacked up like I don't know what to do like 
they'll help you, but there's going to be an ass chewing or they might help you the way that the Marine Corps helps you. And some of that is tough love, right? So like we've been acclimated when we need it to be to figure stuff out on our own and get help when we need it, right? But like that mentality has to go away because now you're in a completely alien environment and you got to be able to like find some place where you belong. Yep, man. Well said, well said, brother. I like it. I like it. Thank you. Well, as we close it up, I, I will say this. Um, if you're listening and, and whether you're out, whether you're still in, networking is everything, not only for, you know, jobs and all that great stuff to help people help you with, find your, you know, your VSO or whoever you need okay. to get your VA rating. But really uh, to build that connection, that find your family, find out where you fit in. And that could be, at a, like you said, at a VFW, or it could just be with a group of guys who aren't veterans. You got to find out where you fit in. And I think for me, the biggest thing that's been helping me is, uh, one, doing the podcast because I'm starting to meet a lot of people and network out. But two, is like I started adding things to my plate and not in an overwhelming piece. But, for example, like I didn't think I was going to start going to school when I got out. But I'm in college now, and, and I think it takes a it, it takes my mind away from all the other stuff going on, and I just focus on that right there. So it's kind of – I never thought I would say, but school's therapeutic at this point, <laughs> and I used to hate studying. But at this point, it's, I feel good about it. Like I'm, I see the grades. I'm feeling good. It makes me feel better. I'm back in the gym. I'm controlling my 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 drinking. And, and I think, like you said, like when you find one thing that's wrong, all these other things are going to come out. And for me, it was like I got a drinking issue. And because I was in the military, it was normal going to work or – going to PT after I was drinking all night or even at work. I mean, yeah, that's another story, but <laughs> like it was normal. And then when I got out and I was doing that same stuff, yeah. I was like, man, maybe this is not normal yeah. anymore because no one else is doing what I'm doing. Why? It's nine o'clock in the morning. I'm the only one drinking. What, what is happening? Yeah. There? So if I, if I get the help you need, reach out to your buddies, just build that environment. And I think finding that family is the, the key part as you deal with everything else. Cause as long as you're working on it, developing yourself, whether it be meditation, that therapy, uh, we go on and on. There's so many. Yeah, that's super weird. That has never happened to me. But we're back. We had some uh, technical difficulties. But as we're wrapping it up, man, do you have anything you want to add to this? Because, I mean, it's a weird way to wrap it up. But do you have anything you want to add as we as we close it out? No, man. Honestly, we, we talked a lot. And we can talk about this all night, right? But at the end of the day, like, veteran issues are not going to go away. We just have to learn how to navigate them better. Um, and just, just work on yourself, man. If you're a veteran right now that that's struggling and you don't know where to start, start with the morning routine. Start with the morning routine, something small that you can start your day off. And if you start your day off right, the rest of the day will fall into place. You know, I take cold showers in the morning. I, I do a little bit of meditation, do a little bit of stretching. And sometimes I don't do it, right? So I miss sometimes, but start with the morning routine. Start by trying to win your day by making sure your day starts off right and uh, you can find me on all socials at jp the veteran coach hope to hear from you guys awesome awesome once again thank you so much brother great having you on here we'll be in contact but uh thanks for listening to resilience on the rocks Wait up, okay.